Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Little Atoms, a radio show about ideas and culture with me, Podrick Reedy. So this week on Little Atoms, we're talking to Kellett Places about his new novel, Fatherhood. Caleb, welcome to Little Atoms. Um, so, Fatherhood, um, it's your first novel? That's yes. right, yep. Um, tell us, you know, briefly, apart from the title, what it, uh, what it's about. How would you describe it? Um, it well, it is. It's about fa- fatherhood. <laughs> um, but I suppose it's about the first um, two years of a child's life, um, specifically a, a daughter, and her relationship with her father, and how that kind of develops um, over a move um, the couple make outside of the city and to a new place. Um, And I think it's about, or what I was trying to do was sort of capture some of the intensity of of that relationship between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, It it kind of is a mixture of prose and poetry or or is a kind of narrative poetry. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so it moves, but it's also about uh, the kind of texture of that experience, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd say it describes a period of profound change in a person's <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> that you're, you're going from, you know, not just to say you, you know, that there's this, this new child, but there is also moving to a new place, buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of, you know, I suppose, adult. <laughs> adult life kind of buildings Roman <laughs> yeah. Sense, yeah 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 taking in all these enormous kind of kind of themes um but as I say it's not something it's not a book that you know that that of, of that kind of ability in the sense that the hero emerges at the end having changed enormously but you had to have all these you know changing kind of experiences that come all at once yeah yeah and I, I mean it, I, I was aware of that the extent to which it was a kind of coming of age or or whether it's kind of too late <laughs> to you know the mm. the narrator kind of should have come of age mm. already and i think there is a kind of belatedness maybe about some of the recognitions that happen mm-hmm. in the book which is partly what i saw around me that you kind of feel as though you've perhaps grown up into a certain sense of responsibility mm-hmm. but that only really becomes real uh, at a certain point or rather it feels real too too late you're kind mm-hmm. of always catching up with with the things that are happening to mm-hmm. you or that you're you're doing I so said that's part of a, a, a broader kind of societal idea that we have now we have this idea that everyone's in this kind of de- endlessly delayed kind of adult yeah, <laughs> but, right. but yeah. how how true is that I mean I, I mean did people in in past generations kind of arrive at arrive at 21 or 25 whatever it was as complete adults yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that's a very good question I don't know um, I mean I'd, 
Yeah, so one of the things I didn't want, I, I was aware of as almost a kind of trope, was a, a sort of endless adolescence, mm-hmm. right? Or, and particularly a, a slightly, uh, perhaps an emasculated or a sort of feminized way of thinking about a, a man who perhaps hasn't grown up yet right? yes. or can't grow up, which I think is a, a, a slightly vicious trope. Yes, <laughs> but, but a very common one. Well, a very, very mm. common one. And I was aware of trying to write past or kind of right through that in some way kind of come at that um sideways where ah uh, the vulnerability is there but is like taken seriously in a way that's not sort of either po-faced um mm-hmm. or or undercutting right yes the the the, the you know the, the the tenderness of 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 that relationship and the confusion mm-hmm. but i say it's not it's not uh, you know trying to you know, create this idea of a that kind of get that classic almost you know Nick Hornby. I guess we're not going to blame Nick Hornby for this, but right. the, the well, kind of idea, idea yeah. of you know man in man in a turn adolescence has experience becomes grown up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, so simultaneously to to what's happening, you know, to, as you said, the 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 life changing, you know, parenthood, moving moving town. Buying a house, you all, we also have you know, the background, you know, the, the the attempts to write this novel based on based on Russian heritage and, and based mm-hmm. on your grandfather. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the the um, the couple moved to what they believed to be, um, or initially believed to be, uh, the, the graveyard of um, their father's great grandfather, who was a Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, immigrant um, who came. And, and this is in. So he arrived sort of just before the First World War mm-hmm. um, as a, a Jewish um, emigre, you know, um, leaving because of pogroms and mm-hmm. um, making his way uh, across Europe to to the UK, and then not being able to leave because he didn't have the papers mm-hmm. um, post sort of First World War. And in the novel, the. <laughs> Uh, the the capital that has kind of trickled down to the couple, but not really a sense of who potentially that that person is. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of mismatch between a feeling of of being indebted to this person and wanting to live on this um, this this place that he made his own, um, but not really knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the narrator is simultaneously. Um, kind of writing about what is happening and also trying to write about this ancestor and trying to there's a kind of shadow novel that eventually is destroyed <laughs> um, and out of the 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 debris of that comes comes this book mm-hmm. but the move to um the move to as you say the 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 place um the apparent graveyard of the ancestor mm. Is that is that a conscious, you know, very very deliberate search for that story? You know, how does that come about? Um, I mean, this is a part of the book that didn't happen in real life. <laughs> I, mean, I should say that. <laughs> mm. um, the history is largely largely real, mm-hmm. um, or or largely real life, I should say. Um, but the the image that's, that that really stayed with me as I was writing was this image of a kind of half built house. On a graveyard, on the on the bones of somebody, but but who turns out not to be there, and I think that happens a few times times in the novel where 
things are kind of built on other things that mm-hmm. perhaps turn out to be <laughs> mm-hmm. not there or in a different place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those kind of shifting sounds, shifting terrains, I was mm-hmm. interested in. So the the family moved to, as you say, a half-built estate in what part of the... Uh, it's just outside Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So building a kind of a new kind of life around there, and part of the, the new life there, particularly for, for, for the father, I think both... Yeah, both parents are essentially freelancers. You know, with you know, they're not going to offices. So, so a lot of time is spent around the neighbourhood, getting to know people, and mm-hmm. not forming those networks that you might do through through a new job, for example, or so on. You know, when you're working at home. So coming, you come across people, and there are a lot of people to turn up, but particularly the men who turn up in the narrator's life are are kind of interesting, and, and his <laughs> and his relationships there. Um, tell us first of all about the. Um, the estate agent um, Terry. Yeah, so so Terry is also a relatively recent migrant um, from Nigeria, and he um, is to the, the the father an immensely um, convincing uh, person <laughs> who who sells them the house, um, but who also kind of takes on a kind of caring role for mm. the father later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's maybe a, se- a sequence of kind of nested caring roles that perhaps never mm. ends, you know. And that was my experience as a father, was kind of a slightly childish feeling of like, well, who's going to look after me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and that, that can kind of go on and on and on. Yeah. And so Terry slightly um, is that for the narrator, and he he's very happy, and he has to, to some extent a very happy life. Although he doesn't have children, and mm-hmm. that that um, slightly comes to a head later on. Yeah, it's a very brave thing to write, and an incredibly um, incredibly sincere estate agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, yeah, as I say Terry's a, uh, an immigrant from from Nigeria. Yeah, um, but he has this this incredible sense of the value of of a home, which he's constantly impressing on. On the family, right? Yeah, and yeah, and that was the the same for Le- Leopold, mm-hmm. um, who, and um, you know, it, it's it's probably dangerous to make too many parallels, and I was aware of kind of leaving those parallels kind of open, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that was definitely the the, the Leopold's. Uh, who's the, who's the who's the great grandfather's like desire to own a piece of England? Yes, um, was yeah. very um, strong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so Parenthood has become, and maybe it's just been what I've been reading. But parenthood is like this enormously kind, not an enormous prevalent thing, but but an interesting theme that's run through a lot of your know, really great kind of you know, books in the past five years. And think of Liz Berry, mm. Liz Berry's Republic of Motherhood. Obviously, Max Porter's, you know, both of Max Porter's kind of big books have been very closely tied to the the state of parenthood mm. and and what it does to people. Um, is there something in it for you that kind of in the altered state of it that compelled you to to write about it mm. yeah i mean it is a good question so it's like why mm-hmm. why do it when there are these other people writing such great books and also i think it is quite difficult to <laughs> i would say this to 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 write about it well i think i, I was mm. so in the first place i think there was a kind of personal necessity right mm-hmm. so i think i I became a father and I do did what I always do, which is look around for books. Mm. And I couldn't f- find books which 
described um, the kind of everyday feelings that I was perhaps having or the, the kind of grain of what was happening. Yeah. And you look back into history and they tend to be written about sons of fathers or mm. daughters of fathers and usually of distant fathers. But that just kind of proximity, I think, is what I became interested in as a kind of necessity for myself. Mm. And it, it started out as kind of notes and as kind of various movements in different directions, lots of different kinds of forms to try and find a form for this experience. Mm. And initially it was a poetry collection. Yeah. Um, and then that seemed like it was too static, right? that mm. it didn't get, it, there wasn't any movement to it. And it feel, felt like it, it needed to begin to move. And um, actually partly through an editorial intervention, those pieces then got knitted together and mm-hmm. kind of m- and started started to move mm-hmm. but i hope still have some of that like that like high resolution feel <laughs> you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So I want to go back to, to, to the theme of men. And one thing to talk about was the when you have a child, I'm thinking, well, who's after look, look after me? Another part I think that's, that's quite interesting is the sense of playing the public role of mm. of of being a dad. Yeah, is fascinating. I think I think it, it comes through really in the relationship with with Andrew, the other dad from yeah. from the estate. To tell us a little about that relationship. Yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing that you discover. So that. I was interested in these kind of two distinct worlds which are often in conflict the 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 domestic and then kind of outside of the house and I think there's this sort of tension in the book about that which then is kind of broken open in, in mm-hmm. towards the end and it's inescapable that you realize the the sort of performativity of mm-hmm. of of parenthood for for both genders but I think there is like a really deep confusion about but you know in our kind of cultural moment about like how a father should kind of perform his love for yeah. his child and what kind of what care looks like essentially mm-hmm. so the the narrator sort of buys himself some kind of like camo gear <laughs> and sort of like equipment because that feels like some mm. you know tools mm. maybe or the kind of what's necessary and then yeah he kind of hooks up with this slightly vacant checked out 
angler on mm. the estate who he's he he kind of admires in, in in a way like his easy superiority or his yeah. easy sense with his child that that is important um but then there's also a sort of competitive element that comes out um and i I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I wasn't trying to sort of model two different things or mm. play them off against one another. But I was interested in how you can end up seeing conflicts where, which are entirely constructed, mm. right, or which are about trying to find roles within pretty overdetermined cultural kind of ways of thinking about mm. fatherhood. So there's beyond the. Am I doing things the right way or? Yeah. Are we doing things the better way? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um and you know, the idea of of strength, right? What what might it mean to be a kind of strong father, um mm -hmm. who when the idea of kind of providing in some way is not is you know, yeah. doesn't make any sense um yeah. anymore. Um and the kind of I suppose it's, it's like a, in a cliche, but of kind of vulnerable strength or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's an extraordinary um, scene that I think really captures that kind of public nature towards the beginning of the book with um, with the 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 old woman in the in the lift, yeah. which is again about I guess this idea of of your relationship with your child also being in some way public property. That that's something that can, that can be openly commented on, openly kind of discussed. Yeah, and that was um, a very startling experience. I, I had this sense that I was no longer... Um, Maybe just describe the, describe oh, the scene. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay, yeah, I'll describe the scene. Sorry. <laughs> so the scene is, um, I mean, a very simple one. It's, mm -hmm. it, it takes a long time in the book, but is very essentially just two young fathers in a lift moving from one floor to another in a sort of department store. And an old woman, older woman, comes in and um, kind of wants to wants to look at the baby, right? And 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 wants to tell the fathers what to do with the with mm -hmm. the baby. You know that it's too hot or too cold. Um, and I became aware of the the, the way that a baby opens you up um, to it sort of breaks down certain barriers between you and the world and there's a, there's like a kind of stickiness to a baby you know <laughs> kind of like when it gets older it also just starts like taking things off the shelves and mm. you know there's a kind of spread um but there's also the way that yeah people do feel able to to give you advice and to talk to you and and mostly that's entirely welcome um mm. but there's also you know there's a <laughs> the 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 narrator is not is not necessarily always humble um, in those situations. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have the scene is set on the estate. This, you know, and you say there, there, there is a a private, you know, life at home, which you know, the, the the normal idea of the private life at home, the public life outside, and different, you know, different relationships happening within those, and then that comes crashing down rather <laughs> spectacularly. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about how that okay, happened. Okay, so you're you're referring to the the flood, mm -hmm. yeah. So th throughout part of what the 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 narrator is writing, the the other novel is about is about climate change, mm -hmm. um, and in order to write about this, he's doing research and he's he's manning a micrometeorological tower and taking readings, mm -hmm. and so there's a kind of a sense of 
him being in touch with the environment, Andrew also tells him that, you know, this is built on a floodplain, mm-hmm. um, this is dangerous. And there is a, a mismatch between his understanding of the situation and his appreciation for what is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's entirely inevitable. And then the waters come into the house. And I was, I mean, so this is a part of the book which which does come from experience in that my house was flooded although there's a you know the fiction has a has a life very much of its own um but that was a fascinating experience of the outside taking over the Mm. inside right and and of and of that that um you realize what a kind of construct the 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 kind of bounded home is yeah yeah, and there's a lovely um, well, uh, what lovely I say, but but it's <laughs> well, yeah. a great part of the book. Yeah, where where as 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 you every yeah, it's 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 not a spoiler to give it away because it's obviously happening very early <laughs> yeah. on in the book. Yeah. But but there's a constant sense that the narrator is think, thinking, even as you're told, and even as 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 he gets the text messages saying the water is now at this mm-hmm. level, that this is still something that happens to other people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think at one point he nearly literally says this, that that will be bad for them when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's unavoidable. That's same. It's 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 literally unavoidable because you you know the, the house cannot move, and and the way that the consequences play out, I guess, is quite fascinating. That you do just have to you know, resign yourself to the fact that you know, the waters have come, and you it's it's a matter of waiting it out really, and I said the what came before the work that's been gone in you know ends up being you know washed away so yeah. these unavoidably yeah right um i just want to move on um you mentioned and that um earlier about how you know impermanence and things being there or thinking things are there and then them you know being it's washed away again but <laughs> yeah. but one of the one of the relationships the fast and it's, it's put very specific, is the relationship with the stepfather who yeah i think said you know, he has one of his weird qualities was not having been there from the start mm. and how that affects the relationship very specifically. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I was, this is another thing that I wanted to write about because I, I felt it wasn't... I, I also couldn't... And this may be my um, limited reading, but I, I couldn't see models for that in yeah. literature. I couldn't see the stepfather role as a strength. Yes. Um, and and yeah, there's, so they they go bird watching and together, and and the narrator is imagining as he does the stepfather being there when he was a baby, and he wants to know what it was like mm. for the stepfather to be there when he was a baby, but he wasn't, and then he kind of realizes that this is a this is part of the privilege of of that relationship is that they're kind of somehow. And the the irony, of course, is that he is there for his own child's. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kind of book is like predicated on this this the strength of that period together. But yet, that is what exactly precisely what he doesn't have yes. with his stepfather. Um, but but somehow that is that allows for a different kind of well love, I suppose, be- between them, um, which I hope comes through. I mean, in that scene, mm-hmm. yeah, it does very strongly, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you to read now, if okay. that's okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it, well, since you talked about coming of age, there is a section here which, which mentions coming of age, so I'll read that. 
My daughter's eyes emerged, wet pigeon replaced by amber. We missed the sweet burnt smell of her drying umbilical knob. She grew fine black hair from the middle of her head and we missed her bald, senile vibe. Her gaze steadied. We removed her hat and dreams moved across her face and escaped through the top of her head. My beard hairs claimed her cheeks, her lips kissed ghosts, then began to sink with sounds, zombie words. We supplied the words day and night, as though she required translation. My wife and I shared a story about our daughter which began not with conception, but with a birth we considered to be good. It was 14 minutes, or five pages, between us entering the hospital and her entering the world. That story was packed away, stored for future use. The public myth began when she was named. We returned home from the right that was not a right, left the front door on the latch and called it domesticity. Extended family passed through low-lit rooms, narrating how our daughter had grown and who she looked like and where she had come from, uncle or aunt, Devon, or the Gulf of Finland. When they left, we tried out her name again in private, still loose on her body. I thought I'd known where I'd come from, but now I wasn't so sure. For ten years, between eight and eighteen, every Monday I travelled back and forth between my father's house and the house where my mother and stepfather lived together. My father shared the same Christian name and both became granddad. It was strange to me that I was my daughter's only father, surely half what she means. I needed to find a way of fathering in the singular. In the cool shower, water pooled between my daughter's stomach and mine. I stared at a clock face on the side of an adjacent building. The clock was always wrong, but always in a refreshing new way. I was convinced every day, in a refreshing new way, to give myself up to that random clock. Some days lasted 27 hours, why not, and some days barely sputtered into life. Have you ever, in bed with someone you love, suddenly startled, I have absolutely no idea who you are? Waking was something like that, every day, several times a day. Mornings were manifestos, painting red nails to show how we work in our hiding places, beginning by looking back to a beginning by spending a week of convalescence peeling an orange wrapped in the trebs, felt and fat after the crash. Beginning each morning with the future, fathers are explained by the Tatars' felt hats, the Satsuma. Meanwhile, my coming of age hides in the shoe cupboard. I visit and find it outraged, refusing to account for these new days. The duck's face when the model speedboat donuts. I convince myself to love, even though I do. I forget why I entered the cupboard and the future draws strength from the doubt. Today she smiled, organising mist into a stream. The next day we swam, and the next day. Caleb Clayson, thank you very much. And Fatherhood is available now from Prototype Press. This episode of Little Atoms was presented by me, Portrait Reading, and edited by Sky Redman. Little Atoms is supported by 8.9up and hosted by Acast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and even tell a friend. And remember to check out littleatoms.com for a full archive. Thank you for listening.